uh, Cat will me ask, um, I'm not going to front. I was going to ask anyway. You're not back doing stand-up yet, are you? Uh, I actually, like, I've done, I think, like, three open mics just for just for fun. Nice. Uh, actually, uh, last week went and uh, tried, I had just touched on something a week before just to, like, uh, just about um, alien invasions and how, like, nice. my ideal scenario would be that uh, they would invade and just think that we were cute and make us their pets. And uh, I did a whole five minute set last week just on that topic. Oh, um, please tell I me, did, please tell me you recorded it. I, I did. Um, the only problem, like, because I got so excited and uh, I just started using a lot of likes and ums. And so, like, part, like probably like two minutes of the set is almost <laughs> just filler word. But uh, I think, uh, like, I mean, I didn't even get into, like, I have a whole section of, like, negatives and things like that. Oh, so I, fun. I barely scratched the surface. So I know it's, like, anywhere from five to seven minutes worth of material just on that topic alone. That so. sounds amazing. I'm yeah. super into it. If, uh, oh, gosh, well, I mean, I won't ask you for the recording so that I could post it as a mini episode because <laughs> it's, it's clearly not in its final format. Yeah. But, but if you wanted, I would be happy to do that for you. No, no. Because <laughs> it um, sounds like it would fit. It yeah. sounds like it would fit uh, my audience. <laughs> yeah. No, like I'm, I'm hoping that if uh, what, what I want to do is try and go next week and just kind of do a, a small chunk of what I did the week before and then go into what I haven't worked on nice. and see if any of that works. And yeah. then if, if it all works out, I'm going to try and polish it and um, talk to them about just like, hey, can I just get seven minutes to to try and record all of this and, you know, just do it for fun. Cause uh, I mean, it's probably, yeah, th- the most in-depth thing I've ever done <laughs> for stand up. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I, I want to, I want to try and make that um, into something, whether it just be like, cause my whole thing is, is like, I don't even really want to get booked on shows or do anything like that. Right. I'm right. Just, I just want to do this strictly for fun. But at the same time, like if it's a really good set, and it's a really good, like, yeah. it's a solid topic. I I want to I want to be able to put it out there just so that other people can hear it and stuff. So I haven't really done anything since oh, well uh, Christmas since yeah. the since the since the flat show at Christmas, yeah. and it's I I'm not in a rush to get back just because with I mean. I caught it once. I definitely don't need it again. Neither does my yeah. wife. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, I, I'm, I'm like, I got vaccinated. So I'm like, I'm comfortable going and doing it. But it's also one of those things to where the the real thing was, is like, I finally just broke down. I was like, I need, I have to go out. I have to socialize again because yeah. it had been so long. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> um, how's your, uh, well, let's start. How's your back? I heard you, I heard you got injured. It's for- finally getting better. Like it's, it's, pretty much back on track um like i was i don't even uh, oh uh yeah it's uh it messed up because i'm getting old like simply put it's going uh, around <laughs> yeah i uh i was uh, getting ready to go to work i uh, bent down to put a shoe on and just felt something in my back go and it was excruciating um oh. i was like i was laid out for uh probably about four days like just 
Like I really couldn't do anything. Yeah. I was going to say, you can't do anything. <laughs> I went to the doctor. Well, I didn't even go to the doctor. I had like a, a virtual meeting with him. Mm-hmm. I told him like, what was up with my back? And he was like, no, I've, I've had that happen. I feel sorry for you. Like I'm going to prescribe you like some, some pain meds. You need to take two weeks off of work. Don't do anything. So I, I told them I was like, I need two weeks off. And they were like, well, there's nobody to cover you. I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, they found somebody to cover two days of the week uh, out of the four days that I worked. Uh, so then I had to go in for the other two days and they gave me somebody to go on the truck with me. And I was just supposed to drive the truck. It's like, I can't just do that. Like, no. I can't just and- drive the truck. Like if I sit there in the truck and people see me sitting there and there's a line or something, yep. I'm like, hey, what are you doing sitting in the truck? And like, exactly. Don't make me like mess my back up more trying to beat that <laughs> out of you. Like I'm <laughs> so, so worn out, like so tired of hearing people complain about stupid things. But yeah, finally, uh, I think it was after the two weeks, it was pretty much good. And I did uh, physical therapy and that was expensive, but yeah. you know, it, it yeah. did help out. So it was, it was worth it, but yeah. I've gotten to the point where it's like, if, if I don't have to pick up anything heavy, if I don't have to like move in an awkward way, I don't do it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking my time doing a, uh, being a lot easier on myself. Like I know even with the FedEx thing, they're like, the requirements is like, can you lift 50 pounds? And it's like, yeah, I can, I can do 50 pounds. That's, that's not much. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've been getting back into martial arts since Mm -hmm. October. And unfortunately, <laughs> getting older, like you yeah. said, <laughs> and uh, was doing stuff the other night and threw my back out, uh, and, um, stretched a little bit, got home. And uh, my wife said, how was it? I was like, well, I threw my back out. She's like, oh, I was like, <laughs> ask me what I was doing. She goes, what were you doing? I said, throwing a sidekick nice just a sidekick not a a super high kick Uh, wasn't breaking boards or concrete just (laughs) throwing a sidekick i put my leg in the air yeah (laughs) and she goes she goes oh man i go ask me about the other guy she goes what happened to the other guy i said oh there was no other guy we were just walking (laughs) up and down the floor just doing drills the stuff i did with ease as a 12 year old i can't Like you were the ultimate opponent. (laughs) Is my own gut, my own lack of cardiovascular. Uh, I get it. I see a bunch of stuff, and I promise we are going to talk about Star Trek. But um, how's the art coming? Uh, Well, it's it's kind of been put on on hold at the moment. Mm -hmm. I I finished up a couple of uh, things, and like. the last thing I actually finished was um, the Moogle Knight piece that I did for Adam Schulte. Yeah, um, that's a great piece, by yeah. the way. For yeah. what I've seen on uh, Instagram and whatnot, it's mm. you're getting better and yeah. the stuff is getting wilder and <laughs> a great color, uh, great coloration, a lot of mashups, which yeah. I love a good mashup. So that's, it's kind of like my my favorite thing when I was a uh, when I was a kid. My like one of my favorite things that i ever found was um they came out with a series of uh comics called uh the amalgam 
universe. I remember the amalgams. Yes. A lot, of, a lot of people didn't like it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm one of those people that was like, no, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I felt like <laughs> some of the, the mashups weren't right, but at the same time, like so many of them were perfect. Like Superman, Captain America, uh, you know, uh, Wonder Woman and Storm. Dark like, Claw. Dark Claw. Like Wolverine that, like, and Batman. Oh. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> the, the villain with that one was uh, that they had in it. Um, was a cross between Sabretooth and the Joker, and it was the hyena. The hyena. And it's like, that's so, that's so perfect. Like, oh, yeah. so, such a good uh, thing to do. And they even had a Robin. Robin was a mix between Jubilee and, and Robin. So it was like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, it was really a lot of fun. So it it's, always it's definitely a, an indulgent slice of the 90s. Just, yeah. oh, so great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those things that like it stuck with me for so long. And then um the guy who did the drawing of um Peekapool, like everybody yeah. got so obsessed with Peekapool. And I was like, man, I like mashups are such a great thing that um I even can't the one of the drawings that I've done is uh I call it the X-formers. Um, and it's the X-Men mixed with Transformers. Oh, cool. And it's, it's <laughs> It's based off like the back in the nineties, it was the reissue, uh, like the, they did the the first issue uh, when they started again with uh, Cyclops, Iceman and Wolverine on the cover. Yeah. So I used that. And a long time ago, like it just popped in my head, Cycloptimus Prime. Cyclops. And I was just like, oh, that's so great. Cyclops and Optimus Prime. Yeah. Uh, then I was like, who can I do for the rest of them? And uh, so I did Wolverine and bumblebee because that's a perfect size thing yeah yeah plus little horns on bumblebee so it was like bumblebee um yes and uh iceman i just i was like i had to look through a few transformers to try and get the right one but the uh skids was the one that i I used and i was like ice skids like like perfect like yeah you you skid on ice like of course perfect it writes itself uh, And um, uh, there's eventually I want to make a second piece for that because uh, on that cover, it it flipped out and it was the optic blast continues on to the next page and Magneto's there like blocking it. And I was like, uh, Magnetotron, Megatron and Magneto. Yeah. Uh, Like, (laughs) (laughs) But um, a lot of times it's just like I've asked people kind of what they wanted to see. Uh, yeah. Like when I was working at the uh, ice cream shop, people would see some of my drawings because one of the things I did when uh, Pika P.I. came out. Yeah. It was just like, why not? Um, or not Pika P.I., uh, Detective Pikachu. I drew a picture I called Pika P.I. And I mixed Tom Selleck, Tom Selleck's Magnum P.I. as yes. a Pikachu. Uh, so it was like, you know, so it was like good. super fun for that. <laughs> and uh yeah i just wanted like ask people what they wanted to see and like the thing i've been working on lately is um i have a guy who his son actually like he's actually bought pretty much every uh, every copy of one of my prints and wow uh, his son wants me to do uh uh deadpool mixed with darth vader uh you know darth, darth Pool, not, like which uh, a lot of people have done so but I'm trying to do something a little bit different. Um, I actually had one concept drawing that was almost finished. And um, like now I'm kind of like, I got to go bigger. So I'm actually going to start over on that one and actually make a really pretty large drawing of it. But I think 
the concept with that one is I'm actually going to have it to where like one of the things is, is like the the costume design for him mm-hmm. thinking about Deadpool in the Star Wars universe you know he if he was uh I could, he could totally be a Darth like he could be a Sith he could be that I, I totally yeah. understand that yeah but background history of his character he would be a Mandalorian so like he would totally yes. he would totally be a bet like he'd be a bounty hunter he do, he's a mercenary the concept is God, that makes so much that makes design. so much sense <laughs> and i want to do uh the uh, i'm trying to change the helmet design to where it blends darth vader's helmet with a mandalorian helmet Ooh. um i'm actually uh one thing that he's gonna have is um uh, like i want to have a black metal hand for him like because he's got one you know at least one mechanical hand yeah uh, but i want it to be a uh, black metal infinity gauntlet where it's like it you know it's not necessarily gonna be you know usable because if uh like i looked up the the concept with the infinity stones and like there's the dc comics where uh thanos gets the infinity stones and he tries to snap and it's like just peels off the gauntlet because it's like this is worthless like it doesn't work in this universe so right like he just (laughs) has it because you know aesthetics um of course but like his his burns on it like uh, i actually want to have him without the helmet on to where uh-huh. it's like the burns on his face are representative of the deadpool mask yeah um, oh yeah oh man that'd be cool since he's a mandalorian i want his uh, lightsaber to be the dark saber i'm actually thinking about trying to do instead of doing just like plain white light around the edges of it mm-hmm. make it look kind of opalescent rainbow colored because you know deadpool has the uh likes the rainbow colors so <laughs> of course have that in there plus it like it kind of plays off the infinity stones to where it's like maybe you know maybe the gauntlet does help with the energy uh <laughs> like the the kyber crystal i hope i'm saying that right the people are gonna kill me if, if i get it wrong <laughs> but uh calm but, down uh, internet <laughs> yeah i'm sorry <laughs> I, I love this stuff but i just can't pronounce things right all the time um yeah just have it to where like there's just different um aspects of that but the design that i'm going for now is kind of like a like a back shot of him but him looking over his shoulder breaking the the fourth wall standing on uh probably like the ledge of some kind of cliff where you see off into like into the distance and through the atmosphere he's uh, got one arm out force choking and like nice. Galactus is in the atmosphere and he's actually like grabbing his throat to where it's like he's getting choked, but you can see like tie fight, like you might not be able to, I might not be able to draw this much detail, but like you can tell that there's stuff shooting at him. And yeah. Like, like the Death Star about to shoot like a beam at Galactus to where yeah. it's like he's just sitting on the planet, you know, like I, I got you. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is awesome. easy. This is, this is baby stuff. Oh, that's but, so cool. So, I uh, I was going to say, if you ever feel like doing a Star Trek themed piece, hey, whatever whatever you got, send hey, it my way. I will pimp yeah, the man. hell out of it. <laughs> no, and that, that's the thing is like, if you ever think of something like, especially if you think of something that you want to see um, mixed with Star Trek or if like two specific characters or even just like, what if these these characters were Star Trek characters? I saw something the other day where someone had done Thor as Kirk, mm-hmm. Loki as Spock, and Valkyrie as yeah. Uhura. 
I was like, that's, that's cool. pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> it looked really yeah. good, especially, yeah. I mean, cause I've always said if Picard is the soldier sailor, yeah. Kirk is a pirate. Yeah. And oh, yeah. that's his, that's his thing. Without further ado. A little bit of background for, for folks. Andy's a stand-up comedian that when I, when I first got started, he and Adam Schulte were some of the guys that I interacted with uh, the most right off the bat. Fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we just, we would just joke about whatever, you know, the things in our lives. And it was a really, it was a really fun way to spend uh, your evenings <laughs> with, with like-minded damaged individuals yes, uh, in the, in the like, sub-basement of coffee houses. Shared, uh, like shared trauma like brings <laughs> people together. Like that's uh, like, Hey, here's my, here's mine. Here's yours. Like, let's, <laughs> let's compare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also for folks, you're, uh, like most comedians who aren't on Netflix, we also have day jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. You work closely with good friend of the show, Ren Sims at Molly and yeah. Miles. Yeah, I've, I've worked there since it opened. And uh, I'm actually at this point kind of leaving. But at the same time, uh, I, I still got a foot in the door. One reason I'm, uh, I still like, like definitely don't want to leave on bad terms. Like I never want to leave any job on bad terms. Well, not any job. But this one, <laughs> um, but they uh, they they let me sell my artwork there, uh, print some of my artwork. So yeah, um, well, that was that's a unique thing about you know about that working experience was it was the, uh, Ren got into this a little bit when she was on uh, the first couple times that whole shop is kind of geared, kind of designed you know for kids by kids, and it's yep. uh, one of the things is they encourage you know the drawings and the drawings get hung up and all that stuff, and then. You being there most of the time, you were into comics and artwork and uh, oh, yeah. ner- nerdy things long before you, long before you went to work there. But yeah. this kind of brought it to the surface. Fair to say? Well, yeah. Like uh, I actually the the part of how that all got started was um, we we have a drawing contest um, like monthly. We kind of try and change out the ideas, and uh, it was usually whatever the the big movie that was coming out, and then. Um, one thing is, is like during COVID, because movies weren't coming out, like we started just switching it up to where it was like different themes, like either like uh, draw your favorite superhero as a bunny rabbit, like when Easter came around. Yeah. Um, but just like uh, just trying to get people to to be creative. And, you know, even if it was like there'd be people who would actually complain about some people's drawings, like, you know, they just looked at a picture on the, their cell phone and copied it and it's like you know how most people learn how to draw a human body is by like looking at a picture or at a human body and drawing it we y'all you know, just go like mm, that's what a human body looks like and then draw that yeah like, I've, I've got it in my mind perfect okay had, here like, we there's go been, there's been so many kids who like had come have come in and like asked questions like i don't know how to draw this and it's like look at a picture there's we got comic books if you want to trace it, I don't care. Like I'm not. There's, like, it's not there's for no a grade. Rules. You're not yeah. being graded. It's yeah, okay. Not, yeah. Worst case scenario, your your picture doesn't get picked. Like that's that's the worst case scenario. Nobody's gonna like like hunt you down. Copyright infringement. Like we're coming after you. <laughs> yeah, I actually um at, uh, at start one thing that started was um I think the first October that we were open. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goosebumps 
was coming out uh, the oh, second yeah. and when i was a kid i loved those books so um i just got bored one day because it was really slow and i just started doing like making my own goosebumps covers of books like oh, you know just fun. making them like i think the, the one that i remember was um it was called uh ice cream sunday basically just like a cityscape and there was a giant ice cream sundae coming over a hill with like angry face on it so it was just like just like something silly and um the owner came in and saw it and was like that's a really good drawing like that one's that one's probably gonna win and I was like it can't like it can't win <laughs> it's fine like I, I just did it for fun and she was like we need to do something to like make sure that people know that it's just a sample because there were actually people who were coming in I was like well that one's gonna win why should I even do it uh, like constantly having to tell people like don't like no like yeah. you can it doesn't matter like <laughs> don't say that so, like I, I actually felt bad every once in a while so but we finally made tags and like uh, we even encouraged other employees to like you know if it's a little slow and you have time like draw a picture for the the competition just so it's like, yeah, if it's good, bad, or just, you know, mediocre, whatever, you know, it shows other people that it's like, it could, it can be anything. And it's, yeah. you know, it's just for fun. Yeah. Um, and then after I did that for a while, uh, it started to, you know, get slow during the winter season. And I uh, had a, a drawing uh, pad and was just like, I'm going to kill some time and do some drawings. And uh, my, the owner caught me drawing one day and she was like those are really good um you know if you ever want to sell those here you can and I was like well okay yeah <laughs> so yeah I, sure <laughs> I, I uh, started making prints of uh some of my drawings and selling them like I still have a lot of the originals I haven't actually like found homes for some of the originals but either way like eventually down the road they'll they'll get a home but you know I have to sell those at uh, a little higher price because I made it by hand. Like it's not, I got nothing against digital artwork or anything like that, but like, you know, I'm using yeah. pen, ink, pencils, markers, like very physical, uh, it's medium. Nearly, nearly a lost art form. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like I, I love digital artwork and like, I, I am terrible at it. It's just one of those things I, I need, I have a haptic brain. So like I need to feel like the actual paper and everything like that but you know i i respect it i definitely respect it but oh, yeah. it's just not me it's just not me it's just not my media so yeah it's i'll uh i'll read comics all day long but making them is infinitely harder yeah. <laughs> and i'm well, and i'm just a writer <laughs> well, yeah like i i have a plan for a comic book and it's that's one of the things like i have not uh have it's not tough. had the time or real focus to like do uh an, an entire issue i i actually did a few pages of one and uh did it all in colored pencil like hand drawn and uh yeah. now i'm gonna eventually go back and uh try and start over and take some of the stuff i've learned and apply it to it and see if i can do it a little quicker but also uh you know probably a little bit better <laughs> you continuous you continuously sharpen and refine it's what we do as stand-ups yeah you know nobody just nobody just goes to the showcase they don't people don't see 
the months and months at open mics trying to make the bit work. <laughs> it's it's true, but like there there is occasion. Like I have seen it on occasion. Like I've I've actually been in a competition before, and like a person signed up their first time ever doing it. Uh, of course, it's like comedy competitions. Like for anybody who's listening, like. I have I have nothing against them. Everybody should, you know, participate in anything that they want to do. I personally don't like them because first of all, it's like a it's a pay to play thing. And usually you're just paying and <laughs> you wind up not getting anything out of it. Right. But um it's really it's it's bringer. It's a it's a bringer situation. Like the more people you can bring, the more likely you are to win, regardless of your talent. I've, I've been in a few competent, like I can't, I'm terrible at bringing, like I have, <laughs> I would invite people yeah. all the time. People just don't like, I don't have the kind of friends who have the expendable income or the right. the time. Yeah, uh, They're usually working whenever there's a comedy competition. It's like, oh, a Friday, Saturday night. That's when I make my money. I've been outside after a set gone smoked a cigarette and had somebody come up to me like man you were so funny you were so great but like so and so brought like told me to come and vote for him so i've got to vote for him he's my friend and i'm like i get it i totally get it like but please just don't just don't tell me like, i would have yeah it would have been so much better if you not said anything like, you didn't have to tell me either <laughs> one like he could have left me to where like I'm just like if I lose I lose whatever people didn't think I was funny tonight don't tell me that you thought it was funny and I'm still gonna lose like <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, well I mean and, and a lot of people I wonder if it's club owners or bookers who maybe nobody's told them like hey bringers are really tough because well I mean I only have so many family and friends I can burn bridges with. <laughs> I mean, and yet again, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound like I'm I'm being so cynical and being like, I'm just, I'm just jealous. And I'm not, I respect this because it's what it is. The the people who run those shows and the, the clubs that, that do them 90% of the time, they don't care because at the end of the day, it's like, who filled the seats? Where did the money, like, yeah. did we make money? Because it's what how it's much about. booze did they buy? It's about money. Yeah, like the whole reason you want to win is so that you can take home the prize money. So it's like everybody's just in it for the money. Now I will say, like with comedy competitions, you have the choice. Like you get to choose to like join into that. It's whenever you have like booked shows by somebody. If they tell you beforehand, like I don't have money to pay you. Know, like this is just some like. I wish I could. I'll get you some free food. I'll do something for you. Yeah. And you agree to it. It's totally cool. But there's been times like you do a show and somebody's like, oh, you're, you're going to get paid. It'll be based off of like our ticket sales or something like that. And then right. you get in there and no tickets sold. So it's like, well, you're gonna you're getting paid an exposure. And it's like, how can I get paid an exposure? Exposure, exposure to who? There's nobody here. <laughs> the employees, the people who work here. Really? I mean, I, I hope they had time to pay attention the next time. Like, if they know I'm going to be here, maybe maybe they'll they'll invite some friends. Like, that's the most I can hope for. <laughs> yeah. I always try to put it out on Front Street and of just yeah. like, hey, I'll get you something. <laughs> that's, that's the thing is, it's like, it, it, may, it may be like five yeah. bucks, but yeah. I will get you something. <laughs> I've only ever booked, a, like, like, hosted and booked a few shows. And I did one where... Uh, comedian uh jason webb who was from north carolina he actually uh, lives in la now he was coming back into town and wanted to uh, 
set up a show in Greenville and he contacted me and I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll try it out. And my whole thing was like, I, I knew he is very funny, very talented, but I knew that like, we're not going to make enough money. No. So like, I like specifically had set aside and like started putting aside money to where it was like, he's going to leave with a hundred dollars. Like I'm going to pay him for what he's worth and I'm going to make sure he has a hundred dollars. The, and that's the thing is like, I can't afford to do that all the time. So no. that's why I don't, that's why I don't book shows. Cause it's like, I don't have that kind of money because yeah. it costs so much money really to like does. produce and get quality talent and everything and be able to pay them what they're worth. Yeah. And then you're going to have to lose so much money to build that audience that it's just like, it's a rich man's game to, to, yeah. to book and produce the show. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, that was, I, I think I was presented with an opportunity maybe a month ago to do a show here in town mm-hmm. and say, you know what? I am just going to produce. Yeah. I'll put the set list together. I'll get a host. If they need a poster, I can maybe even do that, but I'm done producing, hosting, performing. I yeah. can't do all three anymore. Yeah. I just it, can't. No, it's uh, it's a, like, well, and that's the thing is like a lot of people don't understand that each one of those things is its own, its own skill set. You're, yeah. you're having to put on so many different hats to do all those jobs. And it, it can be so, str- I, I've seen, I was doing like before I even took a break um, because to be honest, I, I do stand up again, but I've only done it, I think four times this year. And I've really gotten to the point where I just want to do it for fun. Like I almost, I almost look forward to somebody asking me to be on a booked show so that I can be like, no, I want to do it. I don't want to do it. (laughs) I mean, in my history of doing stand up, like I've had a few death threats from shows. Wow. Um, Some people just don't like my sense of humor and like, I don't think I really go too far, but you know, sometimes I just upset the wrong person and that's not worth it. I'd rather just go to an open mic. And if somebody doesn't like me, well, I only had five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, there's there's 15 other comedians. Just if you don't like me, just hang on. I'll be gone in a minute. I mean, one of the, the biggest things was, is like the adventurous aspect of what I wanted to try and do. Like being being willing to take risks and like potentially offend somebody, but not not intention. Like it was anything that I ever did and that it offended somebody. It was like never. I'm trying to shock or freak somebody out, and like that's what I'm going for. Right. Usually, it would be totally unintentional, like a misunderstanding, and that, that's that's all it was. But it uh, it it put a filter on me to where it was like I'm a, I'm afraid to talk about certain issues, like try and be the person who's like, I'm going to take people like things to task and like try and do it in a funny way to where it's like, I just didn't have fun with it anymore. It was, it wasn't fun. And you know what I've been doing now, uh, the jokes that I've been telling, it's, it's like, it's fun again. And it's also the thing of like, there's no pressure of, am I going to make a career out of this? Cause I'm not. I, I, if somebody listens to this and they don't agree with me, I'm I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. If um, if any of the listeners have a problem with anything that 
Andy or, or I are saying, please feel free to send all of your hate mail to at Justin underscore Bishop on Instagram. <laughs> he will field. No, he's a, he's a wonderful guy. Don't do that to him. I've done you know, that almost um, every episode. He hasn't said anything <laughs> about it yet. <laughs> I, uh, I like. I actually went to high school with him. Like, yeah, you know. frequent uh, guest and uh, yeah. friend of the show, him. Justin he's a, Bishop. He's yeah. a precious individual. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but no, like I, I, I try and tell this to anybody who like I, I meet who who does stand up, especially in Greenville, that. Um, if you want to, if, if you want to do stand-up comedy, like you should be practicing, you should be doing it here. You should, you should get as good as you can, Yeah. but you are going to like, if you stay here, you're going to, you're going to plateau. You're, you're going to, yeah. if, if you, if you're doing great here, you've learned how to appeal to a certain audience. Yep. There's drastically different audiences in different places. I've, the joke the joke i always tell is hey if you want to be famous in greenville move to atlanta yeah yeah you'll do you'll do much better yeah (laughs) you really will like and atlanta has like a very good comedy scene yeah like and you know it eventually like yeah you really do have to move to new york or la or you know chicago or or chicago something like that depending on what brand of comedy you're doing and like what you want to do with it um, but if, if you stay in Greenville, you're just gonna, you're gonna stagnate. You're gonna, yeah. you're gonna, uh, I mean, I had a lot like, this is, just, this is me patting myself on the back, but I've had a few times where people have told me in the past, I was like, Oh, if you went out to LA, man, you'd be killing it. And I was like, I can't, I can't afford to take that risk. Like I, I'm, I, I just can't do that right now. I can't do that with my life. Oh. And, um, you know, I actually did like, I went out to LA for, uh, like four days, um, yeah. like two years ago and half the time I was like, I need to do an open mic. Like, Oh, I can't do an open mic out here. I'll, it'll be terrible. Like, I'll be terrible. This is going to go so bad. Um, I wound up like finally going to one open mic. Um, I got, I got to do it. Um, and I, I did really well, even though I was like extremely nervous, mm. but like I had a bunch of the people, uh, a bunch of the uh, comedians come up to me afterwards and be like, where are you from? Like that, you were really good. Like you need to, you need to pursue this. And it's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to. It's, <laughs> it's just because you're seeing me for the first time. I'm just, yeah, like, I'm just it, new. <laughs> it will, it will, it will fade so quickly. The, <laughs> the magic will be gone. Uh, a lot of people may think Andy and I are being cynical, but I was um, talking with my wife the other day about it. She is, she has confessed to me. She doesn't like stand-up comedy. <laughs> I'm like, perfect. Glad we're a decade plus into our marriage. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But she, she confessed that she doesn't like stand-up. And part of the reason is because she's actually kind of able to see behind the curtain as mm-hmm. it were a little bit and see some of the sad nature of stand-up comedy, the lot, a lot of the stuff that people don't see and that um, it is what people may not realize. And I touched on this just briefly before, but it's an exercise in repetitive torture where <laughs> we're taking these things from our lives that were probably not great, <laughs> trying yeah. to craft it, trying to craft it to, get a positive response from 
an audience member to get them to forget about their lives. Yeah. But we what people don't see is that it's not just a one-time thing. Like we go and we do it. We fail. We come back. We rework the bit. We go back next week and we do it all over again until it's ready to be presented at a showcase or a book, you know, a book show. And then it, it actually works. And that stays in the set and the comics that you see on Netflix, comedy central, wherever they are in a constant state of writing and performing. Whereas here in Greenville, we're lucky that we get to do it maybe three, maybe four times a week. And we're also not a far drive from Columbia, Charlotte, Atlanta. We can go on a weekend and maybe knock out one or two shows. The folks that are in New York and in LA are performing two, three, four, five times or more a night. They're performing so much and writing so much that for them to do a special, a quote unquote, an hour special or even a half hour special, um, maybe once every two years, the material's there because they're performing all the time. That's that's what that takes if you want to get to that level. Not uh, Not to mention all the press they have to do. And it's really brought up a lot uh, in the open mic scene of um, the 10,000 hours. Oh, yeah. 10,000 hours. You hear it so many times. Uh, like, you, you can't, you'll become great when you do 10,000 hours. And if you break down 10,000 hours into five minutes, it's <laughs> a long time a long and a long wait if you're trying to become really good at something. And you can you can sit at home and you can you can rattle off jokes and like in front of a mirror, you can practice your your cadence and your facial expressions. And you can think that everything you're doing is perfect and funny. And then you go in front of a live audience and it is nothing. It is absolute trash. Yeah. And you have to restructure everything again. So it's like you don't you can't practice without actually having people there to to bounce off of and yet again i feel like i feel like i'm talking trash but i'm not i'm, I'm really not it's true um, this is just <laughs> truth <laughs> the uh, the majority of the audiences in my experience uh in uh in my in this area um the number one a lot of times are not comfortable with laughing even if they think something is funny yep because there is a stigma to uh to humor if if you find something funny but you're worried that you that what someone's going to think about you if you laugh at something it shuts you down it keeps you it keeps you from actually having an authentic reaction and you know sometimes you can like pull it out of people like you can you can dive deep in and like get people who are like trying so hard not to laugh to just give into it yeah and that's like the best feeling in the world (laughs) but also it sometimes like when you're pulling teeth every single night to like just for a chuckle like and there's been so many times i've had to perform in places that are that are very well lit and that that is like not conducive (laughs) for comedy because a a dark room allows you some anonymity to Mm -hmm. where you can you, you can snicker you can you can giggle you can laugh just a little bit so like maybe not everybody knows they don't know it was me who thought of that 
pretty dark joke was funny. Right. And they're not going to judge me for it. So I can enjoy this. And if, and when I walk out, like nobody's going to notice if it's a packed auditorium, less people are going to notice whenever a sea of people are leaving who it was. So you can just be more yourself when there's five people in the room and the lights are all the way up. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's so many times that it, I have seen some of the funniest people like just unable to to crack an audience whenever they're in that situation all you'll get are these smirks and these smiles and it's like that 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 doesn't answer my question right now. yeah <laughs> my question right now is like is this funny should i continue doing this yeah and if, if all i'm gonna get is a smile i kind of feel like i gotta go ahead and move on like and, and if it is if you do like it then i I'm sorry. You, you didn't, you didn't tell me. Exactly. <laughs> you didn't well, really yeah. Me. And I've, you know, the writing jokes and everybody's writing process is different. That's nothing I haven't said on this show before. Uh, everyone's creative process is different even. So if you're writing new material and performing in front of the mirror and rewriting it and doing it again and practicing your gestures and practicing your facial expression and your vocal range and the whole thing to me, that is still the writing process. Oh, yeah. That editing process, which anybody who's into film, television, audio, music, anything, the stuff really gets crafted in the editing process. And yeah. the editing process for stand-up comedy is the open mics, the weekly yeah. open mics where you are constantly grinding it out. Mm -hmm. And that's where you actually have to try it because something might be funny to you mm -hmm. um, and because you wrote it. And you, yeah. you hear it in your head. And of course it's funny to you, but until you get in front of an audience that it's going to bounce off of them differently. So a friend of mine who's, who's a, he's a big stand-up enthusiast. He actually told me one time that like a lot of jokes that when it turns out that you are the only one who thinks it's funny <laughs> is yeah. usually because um, what happens is you write this joke and you write it in your head and it is like, uh, uh 10 minutes worth of material in your head that is like going to what makes this funny right and there's so many things involved in your head that you're not saying that you're not communicating or conveying or experiences that aren't shared yeah. so like you're just sitting there giving them oh i have to make this uh, uh, two minutes like yeah. uh, two minutes long and uh, it should it should be 10 minutes and is it worth 10 minutes for that one laugh because if you're going to waste 10 minutes on something to like get to one laugh it's not worth doing it for stand up yeah. so it's like you you have all these things in your head that this is hilarious people should think this is funny and it's like if they were in your head they would totally agree with you but yeah. you can't <laughs> They can't be there. Like, yeah, exactly. You have to figure a way to convey uh, the images, the thoughts, the the emotions that lead to what makes that funny. And if yeah. you can't do that, just you just have to scrap it. Yeah. And there's been so many times I've had things like this is gonna be the funniest thing in the world, and it is trash. It is yeah. like I get I say it, and once I say it on stage, and I make it concrete reality yeah as soon as it starts leaving my mouth i am like no stop don't don't just end it mid-sentence don't even yep <laughs> and then you just finish it and you're like that yeah yeah, yeah. 
I've gotten, I've gotten, to move on. <laughs> I've gotten like half the way through a premise of a joke or through a setup and then just gone. No, nah, that's not funny. No, Let's no. just go on to the next. That's not, that's not <laughs> what we needed to do. <laughs> like I'm, uh, you know, and I mean, that's the thing of when I was in the point where I was like, I'm going to try and take risks and like push the envelope. And there'd be times that like, I would start trying to push this envelope. And as soon as I started doing it, I'm like, this is not an envelope that you were meant to touch Andy. Like this is, this is, it's out of your pay grade. It's out of your skill set. Yeah. You need to step back and, you know, you, you have to have, you know, you have to have the, you take, take the bad with the good. Like you have to eat a lot of shit (laughs) in comedy before like you get to taste the sweet, delicious laughter. Like there's some people and I've noticed too, the people who walk up on stage for the first time um, go up and just slay. Like just, it is the, they are hilarious. So good. Like they are some of the people that I see I've seen quit the quickest yep. because they'll go up three, four times and every single time is so good. Uh-huh. And then the one time, like when the, the first bomb that they get, the, the first terrible, like, and cause sometimes it is the audience. Sometimes you just have a bad audience who just doesn't care. Isn't there to yeah. laugh. Isn't there to have fun. Right. When that happens and it, they don't get the thrill and they don't get that rush anymore. It's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's like, oh, well, you, why are you giving up? Like, you're yeah. really talented. You should keep doing it. It's like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. It's not fun. And it's like, the, I think the ultimate test for like, if, a, if somebody is going to do stand up and whether they're going to like continue to do it, it is how they handle failing. Yeah. Like that is the ultimate test. If, if you, if you embrace it, like that's part of like that's a part of the skill set of doing stand-up is embracing a bomb like whenever the set is going really bad if you can figure out a way to be like no i'm with you guys now like i yep you're right this is awful yeah if you can play into that and be a little self-deprecating but just like enough to get them on your side at the end of it you're like i am really gonna kill myself but just being (laughs) like like, you know, tonight, tonight, I hate this. I hate this with you. Yeah. Um, you can still win people over and at least have like one or two laughs. And the fact that like, you know, we have a mutual agreement that, you know, we didn't like this. It's fine. Right. Um, I've done where I've talked with new comedians a lot of, uh, and I've given them the advice of like, Hey, if it doesn't work, don't force it. Yeah. Stop acknowledge that it didn't work and move on because you might actually get the laugh there. And I've done that a bunch where I've done the bit to crickets and gone, you know what? That's the right response. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me honest. (laughs) And away we go, you know, (laughs) it might work. (laughs) I think, and like another thing as far as like um, as a skill of a comedian is like people, like you were saying, people don't realize how repetitive it is. Like how many times you tell the same joke over and over and over and over and over and over. Right. And part of part of doing stand up well is being able to tell that joke like it is the first time that you've ever said that joke. Yep. Like, have you ever you ever walked into a a, a Moe's and like you have like. There's three people working and you have the person who's like, welcome to Mo's. 
And then there's a person who's like, welcome to Mo's. And then there's a welcome to Mo's. Like, Like, you know that like the most excited person is it's the new hire. It's their their first week on the job. Yep. They've only been saying welcome to Mo's for a couple of days. Uh, the person in the middle is like, yeah, I got, I got yeah, uh, I can do this, but like, uh, I'm not enthused. And then the other guys, the guy who's been there for 10 years, uh, <laughs> still working the same position and just like, I just want to get, I don't want to tell, I don't want to tell this joke anymore. <laughs> like, I don't want to say welcome <laughs> to Mo's anymore. Exactly. Um, so there's times like, I've had people, I've, I've had a friend of mine tell me he came with somebody. Uh, she didn't go to comedy shows very often, but she's, it was like a second time seeing me perform. And she was like, he's already told all these jokes. And he had to explain to her that's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, you've heard them, but not everybody else in the room has. Like it's, it, he's also like worked on this joke for so long that it's like, yeah, he's going to stick with He's going to stick with telling that one at a booked show. He's going to keep telling that joke for a while. Like yeah, you, you yeah. got to like, Oh, I have a finely crafted joke. Okay. I'm going to keep telling it until, yeah. uh, until somebody says, let's record that, put it on film or on an album. And then uh, I'm never going to tell that joke anymore because yeah. you can just like, you can just look it up. You can just yeah. look it up on the internet. Which is, which is its own heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 